0: Today on CityCast Philly The bar scene in Philly is changing There's more trendy beer gardens Popping up And now you can drink In grocery stores But where are those Neighborhood corner bars Where you could get a cheap drink You know the bartender By their first name And there's no crowd To push through I'm speaking with a lawyer Who spent decades Working with bar owners To keep their taps flowing And we're talking about why the drinking scene is changing? It's Thursday, July 27th. I'm Trinae Noreen, and here's what Philly's talking about. Paul Heron, welcome to CityCast Philly.
1: Thank you for having me, Triney.
0: You're a lawyer who works with business owners who want to buy or sell liquor licenses in our region. And you've been doing this for 40 years. Tell me, what are the trends you're seeing right now? What kinds of bar type businesses are hot right now?
1: Well, I'd say that those places that cater to the younger folks seems to be the trend. I think that that's certainly the case. Just as I think the city population seems to be turning younger, people are headed more towards center city. And as you mentioned, the neighborhood establishments have kind of gone to the wayside. That's been something that's happened over a number of years. And there are a number of factors that have contributed to that.
0: Right. I've seen there's a bar where you can bring your dog. It's like a dog park and a bar. There's places where you can do mini golf and drink. So let's take a step back, though. To be able to serve booze in our state, in Pennsylvania, you need a liquor license from the state how do you get one?
1: I guess in the 30s, 1930s, the state decided that they would issue liquor licenses, and it was based upon population. They decided that they would use this quota system, and they issued licenses to accommodate the population, one for every 3,000 people. Unfortunately, the state of Pennsylvania has lost population, so they're not issuing any more so what's happening is that if a license is going to change hands it changes hands between an existing licensee and someone who's looking to acquire a license so that's how someone would get a liquor license and then there's a process if someone finds a seller they enter into an agreement of sale and then once that is completed The buyer typically files an application with the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board in Harrisburg to have them approve the license transfer. They, at that point, proceed with an investigation, which hopefully results in a transfer of the license being approved to the new location.
0: How much does a liquor license cost? Has the price changed over time?
1: It has changed, and the cost varies uh, county by county.
0: Interesting.
1: <laughs> uh, so that, for example, a license in Philadelphia, the range at this point is probably $165,000 to $170,000. If you go outside of Philadelphia, and I at this point I would say probably the most expensive restaurant liquor license is a Chester County license which you will probably pay in excess of four hundred, four hundred and twenty-five thousand $425,000 for because there are fewer of those licenses, so there aren't that many available for sale.
0: Right, because like you said, it was based on the population. Correct. I've read that the number of active licenses has declined over time, and that's because of the population changes.
1: Well, that's one of the reasons. The other thing is, There has been a number of things that have happened over the years that have sort of reduced the number of active licenses. And starting from back in the 1980s, the state decided that restaurateurs, bar owners typically were not paying their taxes exactly uh, in compliance with the law. So what they did is they tied the renewal and transfer of the licenses to tax compliance. So that those bar owners who for years never paid taxes, when this came into effect, they really couldn't survive because they owed so much money in back taxes. Since that time, you have to renew your liquor license every year. But at the time that the renewal is due, you have to pay all of your state taxes.
0: And speaking of that, you know mentioned at the top of the show that neighborhood bars are kind of Phasing out, going away. Is all of that making it harder for them to survive? You know, why aren't they as trendy, you know, as some of the popular center city spots? Or is it because of that financial burden?
1: Well, that's part. Financial burden is part of it. But there are some other things that have happened over the years. One of them, interestingly enough, is the fact that when casinos opened in Atlantic City, and, you know, we're going back probably what, into the 70s, 80s, people sort of lost interest in going to the neighborhood bar, especially when the casinos were sending out these buses to to bus people down to Atlantic City. People didn't have the money necessarily to spend locally in their neighborhood bar. They wanted to go to Atlantic City to a more exciting... Yeah, it's like a destination. (laughs) Yeah. And so that that had an impact. Now, of course you know, Atlantic City, it doesn't have the same verb that it it did at one time. So that hasn't had as much of an impact, but there are a lot of other places for people to spend their dollars. And the other thing is, I think with the, the deterioration of some of the neighborhoods, that's had an impact on the bars. At one point, there was something called the nuisance task force that the city of Philadelphia was operating. And they were trying to focus on closing problem bars and and all of that has sort of led to this kind of closing of the the neighborhood bars
0: yeah and now in the last few years you know i can go to the giant or the acme and you can buy wine and beer at the supermarket you know you can also sit down and drink in some places do those sales also affect local restaurants and bars
1: absolutely When you have a restaurant liquor license, one of the things that you're able to do is to sell beer for takeout. And as you've mentioned, with the advent of the supermarkets starting to sell beer and also wine, that's cost the neighborhood bar the economic advantage of being the only place where you could buy a six pack late at night.
0: Paul, we had an episode several months ago about these business challenges that actually spurred some innovation. We talked about one shop called Bottled that has been able to sell small batch liquor directly to customers, kind of getting around that the Pennsylvania Liquor Control Board. What are some other ways businesses are getting creative in order to
1: serve drinks or sell booze? There are several things, as a matter of fact, which are relatively recent. One of them is the advent of the beer garden, Mm -hmm. which, again, has become almost pervasive in the city. And the the way that that's happened is that, again, fairly recently, the Liquor Board established something called an off-premises catering permit. So that if you have a restaurant liquor license, you're able to, in effect, use your license to open in a different location. There are a variety of restrictions on that, but that's what's led to all of the beer gardens. Those beer gardens consist of sometimes more than one liquor licensee, that is a restaurant liquor licensee, utilizing their off-premises catering permit to have a location, a park or whatever, You know that they've cropped up in a variety of places where they can sell beer. To the public, so that that's one thing. Another thing that's happened is that distilleries, breweries have expanded to the point where they can almost operate like they're a restaurant liquor license.
0: Right, like Iron Hill uh, Yards.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And so all of these things have kind of had uh, obviously an impact on the public's ability to find a place to imbibe. And again, these are all relatively recent developments. And I I have to say that credit goes to the Liquor Control Board, which has sort of expanded the uh, economic opportunities for people that want to be in the business. So that that certainly had an impact all of this. And while there are certain restrictions with regard to these breweries, it still gives them an opportunity to to be in business for a much lesser uh, investment than having to buy a liquor license for $400,000. <laughs> for Sure.
0: Now, is this level of competition, of regulation, ultimately good or bad for business owners who want to start a bar or a restaurant in Philly?
1: I think it's good. I think it's good because it, it gives them more options. Right. I mean, uh, up until fairly recently, it seemed as though it was it just increasingly became difficult to be in the business for an example years ago and i guess probably back in the 90s philadelphia instituted this 10 percent liquor tax
0: oh yeah i remember that on the bill <laughs>
1: yeah it, it, it placed an additional burden on bars and restaurants of course they could pass that along to the customers but that's never a good thing <laughs> when you want to try to encourage people to patronize your establishment so, you know, these, these more recent developments, I think, have made it easier, certainly, for people to get into the business and stay in the business.
0: Paul, what do you see when you go out in Philly now? What strikes you?
1: Well, I go back to the, to the younger people. It, it just seems as though they really are sort of moving the economic engine.
0: All right, Paul. Thank you so much for breaking this all down for me and joining me on CityCast Philly.
1: My pleasure.
0: And here's what else Philly's talking about. 6ABC reports a bus crashed into a building on 16th and Walnut Streets Tuesday evening, marking the fourth SEPTA-involved collision within a week. Officials say the driver had minor injuries. No passengers were on board at the time of the crash. Now, there was damage to the building because the bus drove into the window of a storefront. And a woman who was shot in the head during an eviction earlier this year is now suing. KYW reports Angela Davis was shot by a deputy landlord tenant officer who was serving her in an eviction notice. This incident was one of several recent eviction proceedings that resulted in violence. That's prompted the tenant landlord officer to stop serving evictions until deputies go through training on de-escalation and proper use of force. Check out the Hey Philly newsletter for more Philly news. That's all for today here on CityCast Philly. If you enjoyed this episode, tell your neighbor, rate the show, leave us a review, and hit that subscribe button. Be sure to sign up for our morning newsletter too. It's called Hey Philly. We'll be back tomorrow morning with the Friday News Roundup. Bye.